This morning, I want to take you to the last book of the Bible, the Revelation according to St. John. The living Christ came to John when he was prohibited from being among the people. He was punished for proclaiming Christ. He was on an island where he could see the mainland, his home, but uh, Patmos was not the place he wanted to be. And yet it was there that this one who would not give his name when he wrote his gospel, now in the Revelation, declares himself to be John. So in chapter 1, verses 4 to 8, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood And he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Behold, he is coming with with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Sixteen days ago, Good Friday evening, God's Spirit filled this place and emptied the pews when I extended the invitation for you to come to the altar rail and commit your life to Jesus Christ or to make a renewed commitment to Jesus Christ. I asked you that evening, when was the last time you renewed commitment to Christ? And the Spirit moved in such a a lively and strong way that people came and they came and people were waiting for space to get to the altar and kneel that evening to say yes again to Jesus, to make a commitment to Christ as Lord. 14 days ago, Easter Sunday, we bowed in worship and we stood in praise of our God for the glorious, exalted Savior Son who had been dead but was alive and we have our life in him. And we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep returning to this church or churches in whatever communities we may live until God does not need the service or the work of the church on earth. Because Jesus Christ has come back again and he's going to rule and he's going to reign. And God, at that time, will give Jesus absolute control over the world. 
the Father's love gift to the Son for his submission and atonement on the cross. Now, that may be old information to some of you, or it may be new information to some of you, that Jesus is coming again. Where is he? What's the delay? Surely with the way things are developing and headed south, as we say, in this world, it's time for Christ to come back. What's the delay? Why haven't we seen him? When is it going to happen? If you've thought that, if you've wondered about that, you are not the first to raise that question. That question goes back across the centuries and is recorded in a very significant way in Matthew's gospel. And I want you to hear that question as it was placed before Jesus. And I want you to to hear and see the response that Jesus made to that inquiry. So in the gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 to 44, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed the house to be broken into. For this reason, you must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Listen to this carefully. And as it is related to the text and the question that was just raised about when Jesus is coming. Mark this down in your memory book. God's eternal presence is not time sensitive. God's eternal presence is not time sensitive. John's description of the eternal God is magnificent. I hope you picked it up. I hope you saw it as Revelation 1 was before you. Before he wrote down what Jesus, the risen Christ, said to him, he was thinking through it. And twice in these four verses that I read to you this morning, twice he said this about the eternal God. He is, he was, 
and he is to come. He is, he was, and he is to come. Christians live in the sphere of the rule of Jesus Christ. That's why it's called a kingdom. Jesus Christ is on the throne of the Christian's life. Therefore, you and I are testimony about life in his kingdom. That's what the sixth verse of today's passage tells us. And he has made us to be a kingdom. He has made us to be a kingdom. Priests, those who lift up his name, those who bring the offering of ourselves before him, priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do you think about that during the week? Do you think about that being your place, your posture, your presentation before your fellows, before your schoolmates? Do you see yourself that way? You are the people of the kingdom. You are those who have said, yes, come Lord Jesus, be my standard, be my rule, reign in me, that when I am seen, you are visible. John 14 is Jesus' statement that he was uh, going to prepare a place for his disciples and for us all. And that place, you see, is not only in heaven. That place is in is in York. I'm going to prepare a place for you. We make the mistake of thinking, well, that's exclusively heaven. No, that's York. Or wherever you live, that's where that is. Now let's look at the, at, look at the verse. It's in John 14, 3. Here are the words John remembered Jesus saying, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Can you think back to Old Testament, book of Exodus, Moses saying to God, I have to go back and talk to the people after having been with you. Who am I supposed to tell them I was with? <laughs> and God says, you tell them you were with I am who I am. Moses says, what? God says, you go back and you tell the people that you've been away from them and you've been spending time with I am who I am, that I gave you these commands, that I'm the one who has instructed you to tell them who I want my people to be. 
Look at that verse again from John 14. I'm going to prepare a place. It's not just heaven. It's York or wherever you live. That where I am, you may be. You know that in John's gospel, there are seven distinctive I am statements. Now, if it's for us in York, and it is, you connect these I am statements of Jesus with who you are and where you are and what you are doing. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. What are you feeding on? What are you feasting on? What is occupying your attention? What can't you get out of your thought life? Jesus said, you feed on me. Feast on me, the bread of life. And you will truly live. Jesus also said, I am the light of the world. People are looking for brightness and joy and happiness and gladness all over the place. But all of the illumination that we seek and find and try to create fades. But he is forever. Is the light of your life, the brilliance, the brightness, Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the door. I'm a door. If people will, will move their thoughts, their life, their energy, their being in and through me, just like the sheep do the gate of the sheepfold, they will have meaning, they will have success, they will have everything they want in life. And then he connected that and said, I'm the good shepherd. Who are you hoping is, is going to bring you happiness? Who are you hoping or, or what are you looking for to lead you into what you think will sustain you? Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. That's from John 10. We combine that with the wonderful shepherd, Psalm 23. And what did the psalmist say? He said, when he's my shepherd, though there's evil around me, I am not afraid. And then another of these magnificent I am statements. I am the resurrection and the life. He is our empowerment now and he is our empowerment then. Those who are in Christ when they die, they step from life with a little L to life with a capital L in a millisecond, in the blink of an eye. And there's no more thought of anything negative. There's no memory that they had cancer or, or heart disease or any of the issues of earth because where life is lived with a capital L, it is perfect. It is complete in every way. 
And I am the way, the truth, and the life. You need direction. You need a life philosophy. He's the one. I am the vine. Stay connected. That's the big word today. We're using it a lot around here now because it's the in word. Stay connected. I don't have to say anything more than, than, than saying Jesus said he is the vine. What happens if you lop the branch off of a vine? It can't survive. I get really disturbed when I'm in my garden in the summer and I find branches or shoots broken off of the main vine of one of my plants because I know I'm not going to get a large luscious tomato or cucumber that's gone. Jesus said, you stay connected to the vine, you stay connected to me, and you have a lifeline. You have a supply of nutrients that will sustain and keep you. We go to the 16th chapter of John's gospel, the 33rd verse, and here is why he told us all those things. He said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. The clarion call to live in Christ. Listen. Whatever it is that you are struggling against, whatever you are wrestling, grappling with, you can conquer through the victory of Christ. You cannot do it on your own. I cannot do it for you. No pastor can do it for you. But Jesus can. He wants you to have life and enjoy your life. Not just be happy in little segments, but in the whole of your life. He wants you to be happy. Now that's who he is. And that one who was able to be all of that and do all of that for us is the exalted Christ. We didn't sing the Easter song that I'm going to quote, but you know it. Some of you grew up in, in traditional worship, and these words, as I repeat them, will, will ring in your ears. We conquer the world through his victory, and he will come at last. He lives. Remember how that song shifts we sing, and he will come at last. He will come at last. I always remember the home visit I made to a family who had been visiting the church that I served in the Harrisburg area. And uh, as I went down the street, I saw this, this child in the front yard jumping up and down. And she was saying, he's here, he's here, he's here. And then I realized she was in the front yard of the house that I was going to, and she was talking about me. And Kathy, her mother, said, 
She has been so excited since Sunday. I was there on a Thursday evening. I remember it well. She has been so excited. She has been watching for you every day. And as she, she said, when she knew you were coming, she made us drive by the parsonage to see what kind of a car you drove so she could watch for you. And as I came down the street, she was jumping up and down saying, he's here, he's here, he's here. What a wonderful fanfare announcing my arrival. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. And you ask how you know that. Well, he's alive in you, in your heart as the bread of life, the, the light of life, the resurrection and the life, the shepherd, the door, all of those wonderful things. When you know Jesus, you know the truth of God, and the truth of God is in this book, his word. You know, there are 26 letters in our alphabet. Just 26 letters. Now you think about that. All of our communication is created with only 26 letters. The Greek alphabet has one letter or character less than the English alphabet. It has 25. And all of the, the words that the, that the Greeks have spoken or ever will speak in the Greek language are in those 25 Characters, combinations of those. Now Jesus said, he is the beginning of that alphabet and he is the end. Huh? Where did he say that? Well, the first letter of the Greek alphabet is alpha. The last letter is omega. He said, I am the alpha and the omega. You have that in front of you every Sunday. Look at the first and third panel on our altar the alpha is there on your left. The omega is there on your right. And it says to you that everything that happens between the beginning and the end, everything that can be said about life is said in Jesus Christ. And that's why the text is so vitally important, so essential this morning. I am the alpha and the omega, says the Lord God, who is who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Every molecule, every molecule, every person, every event is under the sovereign control of God. Everything is under his dominion. The best day in your life was or can be when you crown Jesus Christ, Lord of all. You can transcend your past, folks. All the things you did and were and wish you hadn't been or done, you can transcend. You can conquer your present. 
whatever's wrong with that. And you can claim your future. Transcend your past, conquer your present, and claim your future in Jesus Christ. God gives you the power to do this. And you don't have to wait for anybody or anything to do it. But be sure you do it. Because he's coming. I don't know when. But he's coming. And when he comes, if we are alive then, we can be caught up with him into glory or we will have to bear the judgment of who we have not been but said we were. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, this is a powerful truth. And your daughters and sons have been gracious to listen to me proclaim it, to hear the word of God for the living of these days. And I pray now, Father, that as these words continue to echo in their minds and and hearts in a truth that we ask will resonate within them all their days and will be your call, your appeal to fuller relationship to Christ. I just pray that there will be no postponement, no putting it off, but that we will intensify our desire to know you, to understand you, to see you, to be exclusively and wonderfully yours. Above all and anything else. This morning we celebrate again the Holy Communion, our Father. This wonderful meal given to us by Christ. And as we receive bread and juice, we do so gladly with a thankful heart because these symbols remind us not only of the sacrifice or the submission the atoning death of Jesus, they also call us beyond to rejoice in his victory, a victory which is for us and our salvation. So as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we pray that we are celebrating our union with your Savior Son, in whose name we pray, amen.